Welcome to the From Overwhelmed to Fulfilled podcast, where it's all about moving out of overwhelm and into fulfillment in your relationships, your business, your finances, your health. I'm your host, Selena Kipnis, a certified life coach and yoga teacher trainer. Welcome to episode number 18, Ancient Talk Therapy. Now, my intention in this episode is to explore different options for creating intentional and supportive relationships that we as women really need. And I hope that in this episode, it's going to inspire you to focus more on these relationships because these relationships have the potential to create so much meaning in our lives, so much support and joy, just connection in living this fulfilled life. So let's just dive right in. Now, about seven years ago, I read a book called The Red Tent, and the author is Anita, I think, Diamant, if I'm saying that correctly. And seven years is definitely long enough for me to forget most of the details of the book. And honestly, I do that anyways. I'm kind of like, I take the main points, the big picture. I don't remember tons of the details. But the biggest takeaway for me reading that book was just the culture of women at the time. And this was like based on biblical times. And I was just fascinated and inspired by the culture of women being together so much more that they supported each other during, you know, birth and all of this. And there was, you know, so the whole red tent thing is that during their menstrual cycle, they were considered unclean. And so they needed to go to the tent. Now, I don't agree with being unclean while you're bleeding, but I would definitely take it if my society would say I get a a week's vacation, right? So I took from that book just the culture of resting during our cycle and all these other ceremonies that they did also um, with women and that they brought from like their different backgrounds and cultures. And the book really inspired me to just learn more about these type of gatherings. I found this whole, there's like a whole organization called the Red Red Tent Gatherings or something like that. And there are these meetings all over the world. And so that was really interesting because I had only ever been to one type of circling and it wasn't just women it was men and women and it is at an amazing place called the sunshine house in greece just to give them a shout out and to say to anyone if you're considering going to greece or wanting to go to a place where they're just very connected heartfelt people and you want to do yoga or some kind of retreat they have amazing things there sunshine house in greece so That was the first time that I had ever been in a circle. And, you know, the culture that I came from and um, just growing up, like we didn't talk about feelings. We weren't really vulnerable. Like you don't do that. You're going to get beat up if you do that in school, right? Like I went to public school. You cannot be looking soft and sensitive. Okay. So I was like, what is going on here in this group where everyone's being like soft and sensitive? And I felt totally out of my comfort zone. 
and nervous. And there was like 40 people in that first circle. And I remember like sharing like, oh, what am I supposed to say? My voice was shaking and it was hard, but it was also like, wow, this is so powerful. And I felt like a lot of emotions at the time. I just didn't even know what to do with them. I was like, wow, this is, you know, fascinating. Like, what is this all about? And so then when I read the, read the red tent and found out about sharing circles just with women, and I was like, I want that. I had just given birth to my first daughter, and she was young, and um, we were in Colorado. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to facilitate a women's circle. And I remember reaching out to an awesome woman who's there in Colorado. And she was like, yeah, you can do it at my place. And um, I'm going to give her a shout out too. Her name's Katrina Blair. <laughs> and she has written a wild edible weeds book. And she has an amazing place in Colorado. We're just taking a trip all around the world today together. <laughs> so um, she's in Durango, uh, Colorado. She does a lot of... Um, weed talks and just helping like our environment and does a lot of amazing things too. But she's not just amazing on the outside and publishing her books and stuff. You know, I was young and I just said, Hey, I would like to do this. And she was like, totally, I'll support you. So she opened up her home. We invited people, we invited women and I went in to like facilitate my first women's circle and it was beautiful and it was special. And since then, I've just continued like for the past seven years, facilitating not only women's circles, but also mixed, you know, with men. And every single time they're very powerful. And so I want to tell you kind of how they are facilitated as we're talking about ancient talk therapy. And we're going to get a little bit more into that. But I want to give you an idea so you can get the feeling of what happens in one of these circles. Okay, so these circles are really rooted in ancient traditions from various cultures. Um, Native Americans called it councils. You had the women's circles. You had these different gatherings with this intention to support each other, to celebrate with each other. If someone was going through a hard time, um, if someone wanted to, to divorce in Native American culture, many times they would have a council with the elders first and like talk about it, right? So somewhere along the way, this culture of council, the women's tent, the sharing circles, and various forms of support became less common, right? And now what is more common is a culture of figure it out on your own, right? Like you need to just do it on your own. You need to kind of hire someone, whether it's a coach or a therapist or outsource, just outsource. Okay. No one has time to support you. Everybody's working, right? <laughs> Which isn't true, but it's just like kind of the culture and what many times we think, right? It's like, I got to figure it out all by myself. And so we know that these ancient cultures, and I know that I told you I'm going to get into the circle. Don't worry, I am. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about it. I just thought of a, a couple other things that, you know, ancient cultures also deal with, they dealt with anxiety and depression and trauma and mental health things. Like they also had issues, right? So how did they deal with the, these mental issues they dealt with them through these circles and councils, right? So 
with these circles and councils, there are different ways to facilitate them. And like I said, some are with women, just women. Some are with both. In a women's circle, it is based on this red tent concept that women used to come together like once a month when they're bleeding, right? And um, also after giving birth and the older, wiser elders, the, the elder women, they would counsel the younger women and the new mothers, you know, if you've had a baby and you you know, you have a lot of questions, right? You're like, what about this? What about that? So that was what you had all around you. You had these women, or if you haven't been able to conceive and you want to, they went through that too, the ancient women. So you would have the elders either giving you herbs or just supporting you. And you know, if you aren't able to conceive that that's also very challenging mentally. So you always had someone to talk to in these gatherings, in this red tent, in this ancient kind of culture, that you weren't alone. Nothing, None of that was taboo to talk about. They talked about all of that. So in our modern day women's circle, it looks different, right? We're not coming together and sitting on bales of straw and bleeding together in a tent. I'm sure somewhere they still do that. I'm sure even modern, there's like some modern group who still does that. Everything's happening out there. But what we do like in the circles that I facilitate is we come together with a theme or just over food, like maybe we do a potluck and we meet at a specific time, right? We hang out, we chat some, we eat some, and then we circle up. Once we come into the circle and take notes, if you're considering like maybe doing this, these, I'm giving you a little, um, instruction right now on how you can facilitate your own circles or gatherings. So after everyone circles up, um, we'll do something to ground, right? And that's like coming to center, kind of slowing down. Maybe people are feeling nervous if they're new or just a lot of things going on. So I will guide someone or guide the group through a breath, um, just a few breaths. You know, I'm a yoga teacher, so I do this a certain kind of breaths, but you don't have to be trained in yoga. You can just bring people to bring their awareness to their breath and just taking a moment like to be silent and to settle. And then once everyone is settled and grounded, then we always, even if everybody's been there before, we always go through the intention and the rules. So the general rules and intentions are usually the same, right? The first rule is that what is shared in the circle stays in the circle. So no one is allowed to tell their husbands, their best friends, nothing about what someone else shares. And so we'll do something to agree. I'll just say like, raise your hand if you agree or, you know, something like that to signal. The second rule is the talking stick. So this is also based on Native American tradition. There is a stick that is like, I don't know, 18 inches. It doesn't need to be like a heavy duty something. We're not talking about like Moses' staff or something, but just a stick that you can hold. And we have one that an amazing friend who's an artist created so beautifully for us. And so we use that. Now, the rule with the stick is that the stick is held by the person speaking and it's a symbol that only that person is speaking. So no one else is making comments. 
or saying like, oh, you should do this or you should do that. It's whoever is speaking holds a stick. Everyone else is listening, putting themselves in that person's shoes. So if you don't have this stick, you're not thinking about what they should do. You're not thinking about what you need to say. It's not a public speaking contest. It's it's a time for people to share, to be heard, and to practice listening. So when the person is done sharing, they say either aho, which means I agree. It's very similar to amen, and that's in Cherokee. Or you can say amen. You can say thank you. You can say whatever is like true for you and feels good. And then everyone repeats that back to you, right? And we are repeating that back in a way of like, we hear you. Like we hear you. We're we're with you. Okay. And that the third part of sharing from your heart is important to just bring up every time and to bring intention and support for that because we can start to think we need to sound a certain way or we need to share a certain thing because that's what other people have said. But the it's really a skill to be able to share from your heart because it means you're not planning. You're just getting still and you're sharing whatever's on your heart. So you might that might be something like, I don't know what to say right now. I feel nervous about sharing. It's my first time. I also feel so grateful to hear from other people. And I feel so supported just hearing other people feel vulnerable. You know, so it can be whatever is true and authentic for you. And then we talk about the intention, you know, to honor this sacred tradition that women have been doing long before us. And that the intention as we come together is really to support each other, to feel support, to give support, to be heard, to be accepted, that um, most of the time when we're sharing, like the, the common culture is like, we feel like we need to fix each other. So it's like, oh, I must offer something back. But in this space, there's no pressure like that. It's just to listen and to share. And We also talk a little bit about the science of it, that there's research that shows why do women feel good when they come together in a respectful atmosphere like that? Because they actually release oxytocin. We release oxytocin, which is a feel-good hormone. It creates the feeling of happiness, of joy. We release that when we're together in a supportive environment with women. So if you don't feel good when you're with a group of women, maybe you need to just check the group or check if it's a if everybody's gossiping and like this kind of negative feeling, then you can either in that same group create more of an intentional atmosphere or create a different group so that you feel that support, that intentionality and get that oxytocin flowing cuz that's the good stuff, right? So after the circle is complete and everyone has shared, Usually I'll close a very similar way to how we began with closing our eyes, bringing awareness to our breath, feeling gratitude for the other women who have shared for the other women in the space, right? And, you know, you can just have freedom to close in some kind of way that is like a grounding and and having a moment of stillness, okay? So like I said, I've been facilitating circles for seven years now. So longer than I've been coaching. And when I became a coach, like on top of being a yoga teacher in these circles, and it's all, it's, you know, similar feeling of just growth and support. 
But then when I became a coach and I saw how impactful coaching is on people's lives, it just was, it blew my mind and it still does. Like how powerful coaching is and the transformation is so deep and it's, I, I was just like, okay, so what is it? Like, how did this used to happen? Right? Because I was like ancient civilizations, they did a lot of amazing things and it seemed like they had better mental health than we do now. Right? We like, sadly, we have a society that is actually doing very poorly with mental health generally. So it was just pondering on, you know, what did they do? How did they do it? And I think a huge part of ancient civilizations and their mental health was this type of ancient talk therapy, right? So you had this support regularly, whether it was council, women's circle, and that women felt more supported, that the their mentors, the elders, that was their life coach, right? If they had a question or they needed to express something, they had these wiser elders that they could go to. And the elders had relevant information for the younger ones. The younger generations looked up to them, right? It was about the the society then, the culture was, you know, raising children, farming, making medicine from plants. Like the the older generation had this information. In our day and age, humans were evolving. And things have changed a whole lot since like when the Red Tent book was, you know, in that setting of biblical times or we talk about like any other ancient civilizations. We've changed a lot. And the a lot of that is positive change and some of it is not positive. And when we look at mental health, there's there are a lot of things missing right now, right, with mental health. So when we look at the elders being respected, that has definitely changed in our modern society. Sadly, most of the time, the there isn't much respect for the wisdom of older generations. With technology, we have all of this information, right? And so the attitude seems to be that our elders have nothing to offer us that we can get our answers from Google. Why would I ask my grandma when we can get the answer from Google? Why would I ask my mom how to raise children when I can ask Google? But listen very, very closely because it's not just in my life. I see this in my clients' lives and this is, this is very important. <laughs> yes, you can get your answers from Google. You can, there's tons of information. You can get that answer. They can give you tips. But what you cannot get from Google, you cannot get relationships. You cannot get support. You cannot get care from Google and you cannot get love from Google. Google can tell you why you feel lonely, can tell you why you feel anxious. It can give you tips, but the solution giggle, Google, oh, giggle. Well, that would be fun if it was called giggle. <laughs> But the solution that Google gives you is not enough. We need to connect with other people. We need to connect with each other. So if we bring just that little bit back from like this ancient talk therapy, right, where we ask if we want to know an answer to something, if we ask our mom or if we ask a friend, 
even if their answer isn't perfect, we're going to get so much more out of that than asking Google because we get connection out of that. We get the hormones of serotonin, of oxytocin, of dopamine, this connection that we are wired for. We are tribal. We're humans. We need to be in a, in a pack like wolves, right? We need to be together. So when you decide to create that connection, this is when we bring some of that, what was so powerful in the older cultures of humans into our modern culture, And we're going to experience more of the benefits in our mental health when we create that connection. So whether you decide to create your own women's circle or sharing circle, right? And you decide to like, I'm going to just, I'm going to create this circle for myself. You can totally do that. Or you could just ask other humans in intentional conversation, right? Questions or share about your life and what you're going through and your joys and your failures, right? So instead of just jumping straight to Google and getting our answers there, and I know, I'm telling you this because I know I do the same thing, right? It's like easier. I could just, it's quicker. So we think it's it's easier, but it's it's a short fix and it doesn't have the long-term impact. It's connecting with other human beings, And what you'll see and what I've seen, what my clients have seen is the difference that you experience between information and wisdom. That information, it's all these facts that we have. We are overloaded with information. We have information everywhere. Wisdom, though, wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. This is the definition of wisdom. So in order to connect with that wisdom, we need to connect with people who have experience in a non-judgmental way because we can also start to say, oh, well, they don't have the right experience. They don't have a diploma in this. They don't this. Let's just stop doing that and give people more chances and be responsible for getting what we need, right? We need connection. We know that that creates so much benefit for us. So let's be a little more humble. You know, humble comes from the word humus, which means connected to the earth, right? It's the earth. It's like, let's bow down a little bit. Let's release our ego and let's connect with the wisdom that everyone has because every single person, whether they're older or younger, they all have wisdom for us that we can receive. And wisdom creates oxytocin. It helps us to feel joy, lets us be human again, lets us connect, lets us realize what we cannot nor do we need to do, which is to do life alone. We're not created to do life alone, right? So whether it's a modern day life coach, a modern day mentor who's a counselor, a modern day women's circle or a modern-day intentional relationship that's not just coming together to gossip and to complain, but to share from our heart and to grow. Whatever whatever it is that you want to do, there are so many options for getting the benefits of what we now call therapy. And if we look at the word therapy, therapy comes from the Greek word 
I'm going to try to pronounce it like with a Greek accent. Okay. But I don't really have a Greek accent, but it's therapeia, therapeia. Okay. Therapeia therapy means healing. And we all have something that we can heal from. Right. So this topic came up for me today because um, yesterday, today's Monday, I'm recording this podcast on Monday. It's going to go out Thursday, but yesterday was Sunday and we had a women's gathering called Face Your Past, Choose Your Future. And one of my current clients, who is just amazing, created this workshop to share her personal story of the trauma that she went through and that she carried with her throughout a lot of her adult life and how she's now rewritten her story and she's no longer defining her life by her previous trauma, but she's choosing to live life fully. And it was extremely powerful to hear her story. She gave us an opportunity to journal and we were all writing. I mean, we were just writing, writing, writing. Like there was so much writing happening. And then um, finally she closed the writing and then we had one of these sharing circles that I talked about. And we got into the circle, the rules were stated, the intentions were stated. And most of the time in the circles that I've been to, 95% of the time I'm facilitating, right? So it was a joy and it was a gift to, thank you, Teresa. <laughs> it was a gift to be just a participant and in that safe space of this circle and with this topic and what we were journaling on, um, talking about, you know, our past and our old story and our new story, like in our present and future, I personally shared something very distressing from my past that really I never, um, it's kind of funny now that I call it distressing because I didn't ever want to label it as trauma. I was always looking for like a different word to kind of uh, candy coated, I guess. And so I shared that experience. We all shared, you know, there was a lot of liberation. It was powerful and it was very hard at the same time. And I had never shared my that experience with anyone except my husband. So to share that in that group was that ancient talk therapy. <laughs> and if any of you have been in therapy, this kind of healing where you open up about something in your past, you know that sometimes you have, it's even called like a therapy hangover. You might feel sick. You might have a headache. You might feel like you have the flu. And what happens is that, you know, we hold these emotions in our body. And once we allow them to come out, we have a physiological response. We can't just separate. It's not just physical health. It's not just mental health. Everything is connected. And when I went home after that workshop, at the end of the day, I threw up three times and it was, I was so like surprised by it on one hand. And on the other hand, I knew like exactly what was happening, that I was purging that experience that I had kept wrapped up inside for the past 17 years. And for those of you who have had this happen before, or if you have it, 
I just want to let you know that it's normal, (laughs) that there's lots of studies about it. Like sometimes uh, things get better before they get, or they get worse, sorry, before they get better. And in that moment of like purging, I was like, I feel so sick. And I know that my body is like purging this. And after about an hour and a half, I started to feel better. And I was also just like exhausted. I went to sleep, I think at eight. And when I woke up this morning, I felt so liberated. I felt so light. I felt pure. I just felt so pure. It's like you have these toxins in you that you don't want to tell anybody. And then they come out and you're like, I don't have that in me anymore. It's like the best feeling. And it reminded me of, I did a Native American sweat lodge and I was so sick, like, because in this year, um, you get so hot, and I get overheated pretty easily, and I was so hot, and and you're um, praying, and you're singing, and it's like the intention in the sweat lodge is like purification, right? Purification, and afterwards, it was a similar thing where I threw up that evening, and I felt so sick, and then the next morning, I felt so light, so pure, so detoxified, you know, it was a very, very similar experience from that circle and from sharing. And so I just want to offer that whatever your healing journey is, to know that it doesn't have to look like anyone else's. That maybe your therapy, your healing is connection with your tribe, with your friends, with in a sharing circle, with your coach, with your therapist, whatever it is, you don't have to look like anyone else. And if you are on that journey or if you want to create more of this kind of supportive relationships, I encourage you to do that today to just decide like, how am I going to create more meaningful relationships that have the potential to create this meaning, the support and the joy in our lives? Because the people who we can share our deepest truth with and our deepest hurts are also the people who we can share our joys with and we can celebrate our wins in life and our successes. And when we can do both, celebrate the amazing times and be together in the hard times of life, this is when we have those fulfilling relationships. So there's no right or wrong way to heal and to make progress in your life. There's no right or wrong way to be physically healthy. There's only the way that's right for you, whether it's ancient, whether it's modern, or whether it's both, because I like all of it. I love the women's circles. I love coaching. I love intimate connection with just one friend at a time. So find what's right for you and do something about it today. Create more intentionality. Namaste.